Welcome to Philly Prime. I'm Dave Schratweiser. Joining me on the show again this week is Scott Bernstein, a reporter for the Detroit Free Press, uh, the guy behind Gangster Report, which I'm sure a lot of folks follow, author of Mafia Prince on Philly's own mob hitman turned cooperator Phil Leonetti and uh, podcaster himself on the original gangster Scott Bernstein. Welcome to the show again, Scott. Appreciate you coming on again. Thanks, Dave. Yeah, anything to pass the time, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're all trying to fill time these days with the coronavirus situation. And I uh, want to thank our listeners. Also want to send our best out to uh, folks who are, have been victims of the coronavirus and their families. Uh, everybody's in uh, our thoughts and prayers when it comes to that uh, on every level. Uh, the whole country's kind of trying to pull together here. But uh, we're going to talk about uh, some recent kind of columns you've done on the Gangster Report and— uh, some news you've been at the heart of the Jimmy Hoffa uh, murder situation. Uh, the, clearly the release of the movie The Irishman with uh, Robert De Niro, Joe Pesci, and others uh, brought that back to the forefront. You've been uh, visiting with my good friend uh, um, on Fox 29 News. Uh, excuse me, on Fox News, I should say. Uh, and, you know, talking about yeah, this Sean. a lot. Yeah, Sean's a great guy. And uh, he's always uh, the kind of guy you want to spend some time with because he knows a lot about the topic. And I know you know a lot about the topic. But you've had a couple of recent articles talking about some updates on the Jimmy Hoffa murder and developments. Kind of walk us through some of the latest news on that right now. Well, uh, you know, you got to kind of go back a little bit before uh, the Irishman um, to discuss, uh, you know, probably the biggest development. Um, I don't know if development's the right word to say, but uh, about, let's say, six months before the Irishman came out, you had the death of the Detroit mob consigliere, uh, Anthony Tony Pal Palazzolo, also known as Tony the Butterfly, Tony Sausages. Uh, <laughs> Love the names. Yeah, <laughs> uh, he died of stomach cancer at about 75. And why that that death is important is that um, over the last decade, um, the Detroit FBI, which you know is the uh, uh, the bureau that is in charge of the Hoffa uh, murder investigation, which is still active here 40, uh, 45 years after uh, Jimmy Hoffa disappeared from a Bloomfield Township uh, restaurant parking lot. Um, Bloomfield Township uh, is a is a suburb of Detroit. Um, the investigation began to zero in, focus in on Tony Palazzolo as the shooter, uh, as the guy that actually uh, killed Jimmy Hoffa. Um, he's uh, a real, uh, had been a real sleeper uh, in the investigation, but because of some uh, informants and some other uh, information that, that came to light, uh, the FBI began, but began really focusing on Tony Palazzolo the last 10 years. Um, but before any you know, charges or anything like that could uh, come to fruition, uh, Tony Powell died. So that kind of, um, you know, laid the groundwork for the, the, uh, the, 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 the giant uh, deluge of, of Hoff information that was coming down the pike with uh, the Scorsese movie that was coming out last fall. Eric Sean has done uh, a great job uh, on, on Fox News and, and their streaming service doing a uh, continuing investigation uh, on the Hoffa uh, on the Hoffa probe. 
Yeah, he's been boots generation. on the ground with this, too. He's been uh, making a lot of trips to uh, uh, Russell Buffalino's territory up in uh, yep. in Pennsylvania, running around uh, Detroit. He's uh, done a lot of enterprising on this, as have you. Uh, and I know yep. you guys have collaborated a lot. I've known Eric Sean for a long time. He's a, he's a great reporter, a great digger, a great investigator, and uh, he continues to you know kind of make headlines along with you uh, on, on this matter. I, I'm sure you like working closely with him. And uh, yeah, Eric's been yeah. great, and I give Eric so much credit. Um, you know, Eric was someone that uh, early on in this narrative of. Uh, Frank Sheeran, the Irishman, the the character that Robert De Niro played in the film, early on when that narrative started to uh, really get a lot of traction uh, based on the book I Heard You Paint Houses and then the the decision by Scorsese and and, uh, De Niro to develop it into the film, Eric Sean was in their corner and was someone that was um, kind of co-signing the, the the Frank Sheeran theory, and then again to his credit, uh, he he did some more digging, and uh, you know reporters have to kind of go where the information leads them. Right. And you know Eric Sean in the last couple of years has now kind of reversed uh, reverse track and and kind of gone in the other direction and is now uh, very vocal in in what I've been saying for mm. for a long time yeah. that Frank Sheeran probably had nothing to do with the Jimmy Hoffa uh, murder and kidnapping and that this was all kind of a, a, a I call it, you know, you know, this, there, there's the, there's the short con, there's the long con, and then there's the con from the grave. Yeah. And George <laughs> Anastasia and I kind people of, from the grave. Right yeah, now, George Anastasia and I have talked about this a lot on uh, mob talk, sit down on our uh, YouTube channel. And, you know, a Frank Sheeran's a Philadelphia guy. Uh, pretty much everybody we know who knows him or knew him uh, said he's not a hands-on guy. Maybe he was in on planning a part of it or carrying out a little detail in it or whatever, but not the kind of guy uh, who was going to go dirty work or heavy work, uh, you know, and and be shooting or killing Jimmy Hoffa and then uh, getting rid of his body. Uh, just doesn't fit that mold despite the just- book. This is just really blasphemy to people that know the case, whether you're talking about the FBI agents, the dozens and dozens of FBI agents that have worked this case over the last 45 years. None of them give it any credence. And then when you're talking about the wise guys, you know, the the Hoffa murder is something that uh, the Detroit crime family is very proud of. You know, they pulled off the perfect murder. Um, we're sitting here 45 years. We're still talking about it. Sure. Nobody's found a body. There's been no charges. Yeah. These guys, you know, have a Ph.D., in, in, in gangland homicide, uh, in the hundred years so of the Detroit mob, there hasn't been one conviction uh, of a, of a first degree or second degree murder. Yeah. Um, these guys mostly die uh, in their own beds, surrounded by their own families, uh, incredibly rich and and free from um, free you know free from uh, uh, being in prison or or being uh, under indictment. Uh, these guys know what they're doing, and, and it's you know, frankly, when all this started to uh, percolate, and and people were, were were talking that Sheeran had something to do with this, or Sheeran was the killer. Mm. You know, and I would talk to these Detroit wise guys; they were offended. They were like, you know, you think we needed some some drunk Irishman from Delaware to come in here and do our house cleaning for us? Yeah, I mean, that's what these guys were saying. You know, uh, it, it's uh, this was a this was a Detroit job. Um, that where uh, Tony Pro, Anthony Tony Provenzano, 
um, the, the capo from the Genovese crime family out of New Jersey was involved in it. But this was mostly a, a, a Detroit La Cosa Nostra job. Hoffa was their asset. Hoffa belonged to the Detroit family. And, uh, you know, they, they were running point on, on the conspiracy. They were the ones that were coordinating all the details on the conspiracy, and they were the ones that carried it out. Yeah, and you guys uh, have done they, a lot of uh, investigating you and Eric Sean uh, about kind of where he was killed, where the body went, and you pretty much so far have debunked most of the theories. But also, if I think I remember correctly, you've done some recent columns about uh, the FBI actually looking into some of these new details that yeah. have kind of stumbled out after the uh, Irishman went public. So, you know, if you're if you're from Detroit, um, you know, the Hoffa case is, is embedded in in Motor City culture and pop culture and just, uh, you know, from the time I was a little kid, you know, every year, every six months, there's a new dig, a new lead, a new search. Um, it's a it's a rite of passage for all Detroiters. Right. Um, and, and, you, and you go out and you, you cover these and as a reporter, I've gone out and covered a handful of these digs. And, you know, it, it's surreal, man. It's like, uh, you know, in some ways it's you get you get these people that are coming out and you get. Uh, you know, in some cases you get hundreds of people that are, that are like, it's like they're tailgating at a lion's game. Yeah. Uh, they, you know, they bring their grills and they bring their lawn chairs, they bring their RVs and they sit there and, you know, they're waiting to, you know, to see Jimmy Hoffa's body dug up and, and put into the, into the meat truck. And, All right. Well, your and estimation so history. having trailed uh, this for a long time, is that ever going to happen? you think, or no, no, I don't. I think that, I think the, the, there's a wild goose chase that's been going on for 45 years, and the biggest fallacy to this narrative is that there's a body to be found. I yeah. don't think there is a body. I think uh, most luck. I'll give you the rundown in, uh, of what I think exactly happened. Yeah. Um, so I'm confident that I've been able to to pinpoint where Jimmy Hoffa was killed. I believe that's my major contribution. Um, to the pantheon of Hoffa research. Uh, and that, that was a, a story that I broke pretty early on in my uh, reporting career here. And it's, and it's gained a lot of traction over the years. And, and I know Eric Sean is, is someone that uh, has, uh, you know, been interested in it and is exploring it. And I hope uh, to, to eventually be able to go on, uh, on his Fox News show and discuss this theory. But most likely, 99% um, Hoffa was taken to a house that was about a five minute drive from where he was kidnapped. Uh, he was kidnapped at a restaurant called the, uh, Marcus Red Fox. Uh, it was on a, on a road called 15 mile road. Um, and there was a house owned by a mobster by the name of Carlo Licata, which was on 17 mile road, about a two mile, uh, trip, uh, North. And Carlo Licata was a mob prince himself. His dad was Nick Licata, who was the godfather of the uh, Los Angeles Mafia. And uh, Carl Licata married in to the Detroit family, moved to Detroit in the 1950s. Uh, he married the daughter of one of the founding fathers of the Detroit mob, Black Bill Toco. Uh, his, Carlo's brother-in-laws um, were the Toco brothers, Black Bill's sons, who um, were mob leaders uh, from the 70s until uh, – until they both died in the 2010s. Uh, Black Jack Toko, uh, Black Bill's son, was the, was the godfather, and Carlo was his brother-in-law. And Carlo's house 
uh, was known as the House on the Hill. That was the kind of name it was mm. referred to uh, on the street. And it was known as a house that sit-downs occurred. And Jimmy Hoffa had uh, been at that house you know, dozens of times for sit-downs, uh, for sit-downs specifically with the Giacalone brothers. Uh, the Giacalone brothers were the street bosses of the Detroit mob, Tony Giacalone and Billy Giacalone. And they were the people that were tasked with coordinating the details, quarterbacking uh, the Hoffa conspiracy. Mm. Tony Giacalone had been Jimmy Hoffa's longtime contact in the Detroit mob, you know, dating back to the 1940s and 50s. Uh, so... Hoffa was on his way that afternoon to meet Tony Giacalone at the Marcus Red Fox. Most likely, Tony Palazzolo, uh, who I mentioned earlier uh, in this uh, podcast, Billy Giacalone, who was Tony's brother, and Salvatore Sally Bugs Bergulio, who was the right-hand man to Tony Provenzano, uh, the Genovese crime family. I believe they picked up uh, Lakata at the Red Fox, and they told him, uh, Jimmy, I know you thought you were supposed to meet Tony here, but we're actually changing the meeting up to the house on the hill for some more privacy. Hoffa would have felt comfortable going to that house because he had been there to meet Tony Giacalone countless numbers, of, uh, no, countless number of times. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe they they took him to uh, Lakata's house, um, killed him at Lakata's house, and then most likely drove him to uh, Central Sanitation, which was a uh, trash. Trash company owned by uh, two Detroit Mafia capos, uh, Jimmy Quasarano, who eventually became Blackjack Toko's consigliere, and uh, Bazi Vitali, who ran uh, uh, a downtown entertainment district known as Greek Town in Detroit. They were partners in Central Sanitation. I believe Hoffa's body was taken to Central Sanitation and incinerated. Um, in the coming months, uh, Central Sanitation mysteriously burned down. Uh, before the FBI could get a search warrant and get in there. Uh, it was de- determined to be a, a, an arson. Uh, and then on the five, or excuse me, on the six-year anniversary of Hoffa's disappearance on July 30th, 1981, Hoffa disappeared July 30th, 1975, Carl Licata ended up dead in that house almost to the minute. Uh, <laughs> Hoffa was, was murdered at around 3 o'clock July 30th, 1975, and uh, Lakata ended up dead uh, at that same house at about three o'clock, uh, July thirtieth, nineteen eighty-one. So we're debunking also the uh, Hoffa's body being driven back up here to New Jersey and uh, yeah. dumped in the Meadowlands at any particular location uh, where Giant Stadium used to be, or uh, landfills and toxic waste dumps around uh, Hudson County and Jersey City and other locations. There's been yeah, uh, a bunch of those kind of. Uh, speculative stories out there and then chased down kind of uh, by reporters, uh, you know, trying to solve that mystery. But it doesn't sound like we're ever going to get a... It, uh, a, a, a I, I don't, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me that you would, you know, drive a body halfway across the country to just bury it in another state. Yeah. Um, when you can get rid I of it right do, there. Right. Yeah, I do have a ton of respect for Dan Maldea, who I, who I call the godfather of, of Hoffa Research. He's, you know, was there from day one reporting on this. Uh, and and Dan subscribes to the theory that he was taken to New Jersey, so I can't dismiss it because oh, yeah. I have such respect for Dan. Um, and I hope, for Dan's sake and for the sake of the investigation, for the sake of putting this this murder mystery to bed, that at some point they can dig in those areas of New Jersey where where, where Dan has pointed them to, and um and and they can 
dig the body up and we can finally put this thing to bed. I just don't, I just don't see it happening. Um, but there there was a search. you're talking about kind of more recent news. There was a search, um, like I said, in Detroit, they, they happen every at least once a year, if not twice a year. Uh, there was a search back uh, in the winter time, I believe, right after uh, the Irishman came out. Um, there was a search down on a piece of property in southern Michigan, right by the Ohio border. Um, and it was on a piece of property that had once been owned uh, by the Battlementi family. Um Don Tano Battlementi was a Sicilian godfather that was actually the uh, number one defendant in the Pizza Connection case mm. um, out of the East Coast. Yeah, years ago. Uh, where, yeah, uh, where uh, a lot of uh, heroin was being uh, smuggled from uh, Europe into pizza uh, parlors across the country, most of them centered on the East Coast and then being distributed um, down up and down the eastern seaboard. And uh, New York, Don Philadelphia, places like that. Yep. Yeah. Don Tano uh, Battlementi, who actually, you know, served uh, his prison time in, in, in uh, you know, in, in prisons, federal prisons in America and, and was very connected to a lot of uh, uh, American mob uh, bosses and, and mob luminaries that were locked up with him. Uh, I know Ralph Natale actually became pretty close with with Don Tano at a, at a point. Right. Um Ralph Natale, former and John, boss here and John, in Philadelphia. And John Stamper. Yeah. yeah. Also a uh, former boss. <laughs> right. So Don Tano uh, had a lot of ties in Detroit. Uh, his brother, uh, Emmanuel Battlemanti, who they called Rough Manny or Bad Manny, uh, ran uh, all of South Michigan uh, from the 40s until he died in the 1970s. Um, and... There were a couple of nephews, one of them being a guy by the name of Cesar Battlementi, who was also a, a pretty um, prominent Detroit mob guy. They owned a lot of property down there. It's called Monroe County, mm. the county that you, you hit right before you hit Ohio, right before you hit Toledo. And a family member of the Battlementis uh, came forward uh, right around the time the Irishman came out and uh, told the FBI, or actually told the state police, the FBI didn't do the search, the state police did the search, told the Michigan State Police that she had heard um, through a number of family stories that Hoffa was was buried on some battlementy property. Right. So the Michigan State Police did about a two, three-day search and, and came up empty. Okay. Uh, let's shift a little bit off the Hoffa case to a recent column and some uh, news that started to kind of come out in the fall involving the uh, Latin Kings in New England. And you wrote a column on this, uh, on the Gangster Report uh, yeah. a couple of weeks ago, um, talking about that whole situation. But uh, by way of background, um, let's talk about the indictment back in the, in, the, uh, in the fall of the Latin Kings up in the New England area, Springfield, uh, specifically. Yeah, so was... to, and then we'll walk into your column here, which was kind of focused on John Gotti Jr., um, well, and I just w- trying to, to yeah. uh, clear the air or, or clear up some misconceptions about that case that had been percolating over the last month. Right. Or but so. what's the start of this? Walk us through the indictment. So, the, yeah. So uh, back in December, there was a, uh, uh, a, a indictment that landed that was uh, titled Operation Throne Down, uh, T-H-R-O-N-E, down, um, which indicted, I believe, about 65 Latin kings. Uh, up and down uh, parts of the East Coast. Um, the number one defendant in the case 
was the uh, alleged boss of the East Coast Latin Kings, an Italian guy by the name of Michael King Merlin uh, Cecitelli. Um, Cecitelli is a 40-year-old from Springfield, and at some point in the last uh, eight years, he was uh, named the, uh, the regional boss of the Latin Kings uh, across the entire East Coast, reporting directly to Latin Kings' uh, national leadership in Chicago. Latin Kings are a very uh, prominent Hispanic organized crime group. Mm. And as part of that indictment, um, there were wiretaps and video surveillance of at least two uh, meetings uh, of Latin Kings leaders that took place at the uh, Our Lady of Mount Carmel Social Club um, in Springfield, Massachusetts. And, right. the Mount and this is Carmel, all included in the indictment, correct? Uh, yes, allegations yes. Uh, by right. federal investigators. Uh, no, they had yeah. they had these meetings uh, wiretapped mm-hmm. and surveilled, right. uh, vi- video surveillance and audio surveillance. And Our Lady of uh, the Mount Carmel Social Club in Springfield has been home base for the Genovese crime family's Western Massachusetts operation uh, for 50 years, 60 years. I believe the, the social club was actually opened in uh, the early 1900s. Uh, and the... Whoever is the whoever's been the leader of that Springfield mob crew, which is a Genovese satellite, uh, has always headquartered out of uh, the, the Mount Carmel Social Club. Um, back in the nineties, eighties, and nineties, it was Big Al Bruno. Um, then it was Benji Arellata, uh, and now uh, the alleged capo is a guy by the name of Albert the Animal uh, uh, Calvinese, and uh, Albert headquarters out of uh, Mount Carmel. And according to this indictment, there were two, at least two meetings of the Latin Kings that were held at the Mount Carmel Social Club. And it had a lot of people asking questions. Why is a Hispanic organized crime group holding meetings at the uh, Italian mafia headquarters for Western Massachusetts? And in this mix now comes uh, some information that starts to kind of funnel out of New York and yeah. out of Massachusetts, uh, um, and it gets legs. And your column recently was about those bits of information so, that continue to come out. Yeah, let me fill in a couple gaps here. Yeah. So uh, King Merlin Tracitelli, the boss of the East Coast Latin Kings, who's a, again, who's Italian, uh, his uncle is a Genovese associate a Springfield wise guy by the name of uh, David Fat Chicky Chachitelli. Uh, Fat Chicky was a a pretty uh, major league bookmaker for Big Al Bruno, who was the the capo of of that crew until he was uh, gunned down in a gangland assassination in the parking lot of the Mount Carmel Social Club uh, in 2003. And he was very close friends with uh, Benji Arellata, who was Big Al Bruno's uh, protege and eventually his successor. Uh, and Albert Calvinese, who is allegedly now the, the capo, was a collector for Fat Chicky's bookmaking operation. Um, Fat Chicky, over the last couple of years, has been tied to Junior Gotti, uh, John Gotti, the Dapper Dunn's. John Gotti, the Dapper Don's son, uh, Junior Gotti, 
who was the boss of the Gambino crime family uh, from the early 90s when his dad went to prison into the 2000s. But at some point in the 2000s, uh, Junior Gotti stepped away and retired from the mafia. He beat, I believe, four straight racketeering cases. Which is pretty much unheard of uh, at every level in federal prosecutions that I've ever seen in my 35 years of covering the mob to four times. Uh, Joey Merlino has beaten charges and things like that. The boss here in Philadelphia, alleged boss, um, he has beaten charges, but uh, not four consecutive trials, basically on all the same charges that uh, John Gotti Jr. beat. Yeah, so Chicky knows Junior Gotti, um, and Chicky has been working as some type of social media, I don't want to say consultant, but running parts of a social media campaign promoting Junior Gotti's son, who was an MMA fighter. Mm. Uh, and I also believe uh, Chicky uh, has been or is involved with Junior Gotti in trying to pitch some type of reality show. Um, so they know each other. Okay, and, and that's where these been, rumors start to come right. up. Right, and there's been a number of right. pictures posted on social media of Junior Gotti, Chicky Chachatelli, King Merlin Chachatelli, Mike Chachatelli, the leader of the Land Kings, at Junior Gotti's son's MMA fights right. and at other social functions. Um, so at some point uh, after the uh, indictment came down in December, rumors started to float that the FBI was probing Junior Gotti for possibly being the go-between setting up the meetings at the uh, Our Lady of Mount Carmel Social Club between uh, the Springfield uh, Genovese crime family, uh, that mafia, and the Latin Kings. Let me uh, jump in here for a quick second. I spoke to a very prominent um, group of attorneys in New York who are very familiar with uh, John Gotti Jr., um, and those kind of things around the Gambino crime family. And when this first came out, um, two of them said to me, you're going to start to hear rumors um, that are all bullshit, according to them, uh, concerning John Gotti Jr. and the Latin Kings. And the crux of that starts from a tape that got played at John Gotti Jr.'s four trials in which he made a comment about, I'd rather be with the Latin Kings or something to that effect. And that gave birth to some of these rumors. But I want to say right from the jump, after the Latin Kings indictments came down, guys in New York I was talking about was saying that, you know, you're going to start hearing rumors about Gotti Jr. They're not true. Uh, These are people trying to kind of drag him into this. He wants nothing to do with being dragged into anything these days other than uh, supporting his son and uh, various uh, books and, uh, you know, enterprising documentaries and things like that. Sure, movie stuff like that. Uh, Not interested in being dragged back into any kind of organized crime thing. But they poured cold water on any start to those rumors uh, from day one of that uh, Latin King indictments. And and let's also just emphasize or or – let people know that again i said this a couple times in this in this interview the the mafia in the in, in springfield massachusetts is a satellite of the genovese crime family not the gambino crime family, uh which is where, where junior Gotti spawns from uh so then at some point uh, last month 
or early this month, there were reports in a number of uh, New York uh, media outlets saying that the F- at the saying that the FBI is looking into Junior Gotti being uh, the person that helped set up these meetings between the Latin Kings and the Italian mob. All right, let's be real specific there. Jerry Capisi, uh, who uh, is kind of the godfather of uh, organized yeah, the dean, crime. The dean, the the dean, dean of yeah. crime writing. And, and uh, always on top of things, uh, he had that in his column a couple of weeks ago indicating that the FBI was looking into that. Um, yes. And Jerry knows what he's talking about. Uh, and Well, what Jerry reported yeah. isn't wrong. Right. What Jerry reported isn't wrong. It's it's true. The FBI did get tips from from my from my sources and from my reporting. The FBI did get tips that Gotti somehow played a role in in these meetings. Again, these meetings were surveilled heavily. They have uh, tape recordings of all these meetings mm. uh, and and video surveillance as well. Yeah, but there's a big um, but here. Do the comma and the but. Right. But <laughs> so so but you, you got to put it in context from from my sources and I was hearing this within hours of, of Jerry uh, dropping his gangland column that, that, that talked about this. Uh, so yes, the FBI was getting tips, but these tips were coming from rivals of Junior Gotti that were trying to stir the pot and were feeding the FBI false information um, just to drag Gotti's name into this and, and to possibly get Gotti's name in the press um, and, and and cause him embarrassment. Well, that's exactly and, like I said. What I heard when the Latin King indictments came out it was like a forewarning by some folks in New York saying there are people who are going to try and drag John Gotti Jr. into this. Don't listen to it because it's not yeah. true. So I, I got some calls from Fed sources in New York, you know, early on in this, and they said, "Listen, yeah, we did get some tips, but we know where the tips are coming from. We know that there's an agenda there." And there are not going to be any charges related to this, to, to this part of that investigation. Right. That was the other That's, prediction from the guys I talked to in New York. You will yeah. not see any charges whatsoever that involve John Gotti Jr. and the Latin yeah. Kings. I mean, I don't think it takes a genius to figure out how those connections were made between the Latin Kings uh, on the East Coast and, and the Springfield Mafia. Um, I just laid out all the characters for you. Um, there was already, uh, you know— that the head of the Latin Kings on, on the East Coast, Mike Cicitelli's, his uncle is Chicky Cicitelli, who's been a member of of that social club for for over thirty years. So yeah. you know, you do the you do the math. And this is a good warning for folks who uh, like to talk about these things on chat rooms and things like that. Just because you see pictures of people together, doesn't mean they're in business together yeah. uh, or doing uh, illegal activities here. And we want to be real clear here. Uh, based on your reporting, there's nothing to this. Yeah. Uh, based on my information out of New York, there's nothing to this. Uh, and, you know, it, it'll continue to come up, I'm sure. It'll continue to be, uh, you know, rumors, stuff floating around on uh, other sites and things like that. But we want to be even, real clear there. Uh, nothing you've reported or I've heard yeah. says there's any involvement whatsoever by John Gotti Jr. in any of this. Yeah, and, Chick- and with Chicky, you know, Chicky's not even really involved anymore at all. Uh, he's facing right now, uh, I, I think, a gun charge. In a separate well, case. In a separate case. Right. But it, it, the case stems from a raid that they that they did uh, related to the operation thrown down because Chicky lives or at that point lived with his nephew. And I believe in the in a raid of the house, they found a, 
a, a gun uh, that they're trying to tie to Chicky. Yeah. And but, both of uh, these cases, just so we're clear, are these are allegations. The right. cases haven't been adjudicated. They haven't gone to trial. Uh, that I don't even know if there's been any hearings going on now at all because of the coronavirus. But we may not see anything further on this for, you know, quite a bit of time. So and this kind of still floats Chicky, out there, you know. Yeah, and just because Chicky belongs to the the Our Lady of Mount Carmel Social Club, I, you know, from what I hear, Chicky really hasn't been involved in anything, you know, since he took his bust in the mid two thousands for bookmaking, you know, did his time, did his punishment, and and now is trying to live on the straight and narrow and and trying to develop himself as kind of an online social media reality television show personality. Right, He's a very color, very colorful character, and uh, you know, wish him luck. But, uh, you know, I, I, the idea that somehow Chicky, you know, is involved in, in organized crime activity right now, I think that's false as well. Mm. Uh, so that's, you know, I, I think that there are people there slinging mud trying and, and trying to get that mud coated on anyone in Gotti's orbit, not just Gotti. Yeah. And that's, again, what the information I originally heard about this whole thing. Scott, you've done some great reporting over the years. Uh, the Hoffa stuff, this latest stuff on uh, on the Latin Kings. I greatly appreciate you coming on here again. Uh, the original Gangsters, Scott's podcast, uh, writes for the Let's Detroit Free Press and the Gangster Report. Um Check it out and continue to follow. And, Scott, get, let's uh, continue to chat, and uh, maybe we'll have you back on the show when we get a chance. For sure. I would and I'd love to have you guys on my uh, OG podcast. You can get the OG podcast on radio.com uh, as well as anywhere that uh, you consume uh, your podcast content. All right. Thanks again. Have a great weekend. And uh, that's going to be it for Philly Prime for this week. Thanks, everybody, for joining us, and uh, keep listening. Appreciate it. 